Good afternoon. It's Friday, February 28th. Welcome to the Blow the Whistle podcast with your host, Frawl Abraham and Josh Dunham. So for our first segment, you think uh, I think we're going to be talking about Big Baller Brand and just what's going around the league right now. I mean, you only want to talk about Big Baller Brand because, you know, they have to make a comeback effort, you know, because they're a terrible company. They have a horrible track record. Huh? Yet, for some reason, you still love them. Well, of course. LeVar Ball is a pioneer. A dummy. No. He's a genius. Mm, a genius that didn't understand how to run a company, let someone defraud him. Okay. Made his own sons go to Lithuania. Forced Lamella to travel across the world multiple times instead of having, I don't know, you know, he could have stayed home, hanging out in L.A., playing for UCLA. But no, that would be way too easy. He had to ruin his kids' lives. Okay, okay, I get it. The whole Alan Foster thing is just a complete mess. But Lamello, that's... That's not his fault, Leangelo. Yeah, no, it's not his fault, Leangelo's a dummy. Okay, I, but let's be realistic here. What 16-year-old kid says, you know what I want to do? I want to follow my older brother to Lithuania. No. No, no, that's, no, no. That's no, only no. half as talented as he is. No no offense to anyone. If, if it was up to LaMelo... He would have stayed at home, played at Chino Hills High School, and then he would have gone to UCLA and and played one year and then entered the draft. But no. This isn't LaMelo's doing. This isn't LiAngelo's doing. No, this is LaVar. LaVar told his 16-year-old son, we're taking you out of high school. We're taking you out of the potential to play for the NCAA. We're going across the world. To Lithuania. You know how horrible that must have been? Most 16-year-old kids, you know, they're getting their driver's license. They're hanging out with their friends. They're having a good time. You know, you can play sports on the side. You know what they're not doing? Mm. They're not sitting there saying, hey, man, let's go to Lithuania just to play basketball against old men. Well, I mean, it's 31 degrees right now in Lithuania. So, I mean, going from like SoCal to Lithuania is quite the quite the change. I mean, we all we all know Lavar's run-in with the NCAA and his beef with them. Could you say it probably was a setup that Lavar wasn't planning on happening to take him out overseas, but with that opportunity? It give them, or to give him, taking Lamelo out, like without college eligibility, so that way he could just play professional and gain money instead of get exploited by these boomers. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, in that sense, you know, it wasn't the world's worst thing that he got taken out of school, but like. I think it would have been interesting if he would have stayed in high school the whole time. And then, like, this year, he went and played Australia. 
you know? Like, I think, I think it's sad that parents love to control their kids. And in this case, instead of getting a normal high school experience to hang out with your friends, you know, to bond, to like mm-hmm. have all this like stuff where you're, where you're growing yourself as a person. Like, Cause I think high school is a very like transformative time where you can kind of learn about yourself. And his game was just evolving. Yeah, yeah. He was like after that season after the 2016-17 season. He was like just he, he was still like growing as a as a kid and he's still like growing physically too. And he was only 6'2 like at the time, right? Yeah, he was really fi- figuring out like his game at that time. And his dad just said, Hey, you're gonna go play in Lithuania. We're gonna make like our own thing. And then he came back and he plays in the JBA. Which didn't pan out. Did not oh, well. pan out at all. See, oh, so. like I'm sitting here saying, Big Bottle Brand will be making its return. Mm-hmm. They they shut down their store in 2019 after their whole Alan Foster issue. They haven't sold anything in a while. I mean, first of all, can we talk about the fact that I mean, like T-shirts and clothing, like you can make like decent stuff. Mm-hmm. Big Bottle Brand shoes are trash. Okay, like, I can agree. Like on that. actual garbage. Lonzo said he needed three pairs just to play one game. And yes. you wonder why he had ankle issues. Reasonable. That's can, reasonable. Can we talk about how a dad forces his product on his son just to just to try and make a buck even though their company ends up going under? Well, not going under, but having major issues. I heard of Lonzo that. could have had a great start to his career in LA. Probably wouldn't even have been traded at that point. But no. He, he goes uh, injury-riddled, has a bunch of issues, has to wear the crappiest shoes ever made. You see how well he's playing now that he's outside of that L.A. environment and moved on from his father? Well, that, his that and the fact that he has shoes that actually support his ankles. <laughs> he hasn't worn the big baller brand shoes this year. He usually wears Kobe's. Uh, um, yeah, he wears good the quality shoes. Those are good shoes. That are actually made for him. That are actually made for playing basketball correctly. Mm-hmm. And don't, like, ruin his life. That's fair. I think he's been set up way better now that he doesn't have to deal with his head case. But now, I'm a little nervous. Because we all know how controlling LeVar can be to his kids. And if the big baller brand is coming back... Are we going to see them try to force Lonzo back into wearing shoes that he does not want to wear? No, I think he's moved on well past his father's shadow and all of that, all of big ball brands. I mean, I, I think it'd be interesting if, if LeVar tried to do something. Alvin Gentry's just like, no, we're not going to let him do that. <laughs> I mean, Alvin Gentry can't force him to wear, <sighs> not force him to wear like a pair of shoes. But I don't see him playing on playing on wearing shoes maybe you know some t-shirts he'll wear yeah i mean that that would make sense i think i think as a clothing brand big roller brand makes sense i Mm. think that i mean shoot from from that standpoint i think i think it's marketable people like the Mm t-shirts people like very creative bbb yeah people people like it people like all that but like it's like the shoes and all the the logistics i hope when they come back it's it's more like Everything makes more sense this time. Mm-hmm. The first time they were around, they had a bunch of issues with like orders not being on time, then sending the wrong sizes. 
I've heard uh, plenty of um, some stories from friends of mine who've had those issues that they ordered a t-shirt, but it wouldn't come for say two months, which is, I mean, insane. Which makes sense. You, what grade did the Better Business Bureau give? Oh, uh, I think it was pretty much. I think it was an F. I don't think. I don't think they had a very strong rating. Mm. I just don't think as a business they were really set up for set up for success. They kind of just scrapped it together and were like, let's just try this rather than like having like a plan, especially knowing what they're doing, doing the research. I think, I think he was just trying to capitalize off Lonzo being the number two pick, all the hype surrounded around that. Especially when he was at UCLA, just balling. And now I'm kind of skeptical when they come back because LaMelo's supposed to be a top 10 pick and he's just, Using his sons for clout now. I mean, he's been working on the brand for yeah. I a, hope I a hope long his, time. I hope his I hope his time away has really allowed him to reflect on and and see where their business need needed help. I yeah, especially with that time frame. I I understand if he felt pressure to kind of rush things. Yeah, because he was born at UCLA, and now he's about to be the number two pick. He's probably never thought, maybe dreamt, but never thought it would be on that scale of a biz. Like in terms of influence, because I mean he's been on ESPN multiple times with Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith, and he's a goon. <laughs> he's such a goon. Yeah, he's he's just. But but I like I like him. Uh, you wanna you wanna talk about big baller mentalities? Ooh, James Harden. You see what he said in the last thirty-eight hours? No. Uh, we'll read the, we'll so, read with the so audience for the backstory. Audience. James Harden obviously was not happy that Giannis won the MVP this year. He felt like he was more deserving, and he thought like, oh, like I was supposed to win the MVP. He put up a, a big stat numbers. I mean, but he was ball hogging in Houston and they didn't do so hot in the playoffs but he came out and said that he wishes that he was seven foot and could just simply dunk the ball all the time and (laughs) he said that he wished that he didn't have to use as much skill because he he thinks that Giannis dunking the ball and being lengthy and athletic is uh is less skill and more of a, a natural trait that he has and then he also said that uh his brand of basketball that he does, uh, he actually had to learn how to play the game. Wow, that's that's bold. It's uh, that's that's quite the statement. I think that says a lot about anybody who's taller than James Harden. Is it just Giannis? Because you can make an argument, not a good one, but an argument that LeBron wouldn't be as versatile. Or um, a nightmare on defense if he was six five. Well, I mean, I, I think it's funny that James Harden says uh, I had to learn how to play the game of basketball, but then like on the defensive end, can't guard anyone. I mean, it's atrocious. That's true. He puts way too much, you know, uh, pressure into offense. Granted, Mike D'Antoni set up that system <laughs> around you know, him. I think it's crazier the fact that Houston is still in the four seed in the playoffs. And they haven't had a legitimate center 
for like 10 games. I think they're like 8-2 and two in that span. Russ is dropping like 30 points a game. He's improved a lot I mean, lately. I don't know if this is going to pan out in the playoffs, but I love that Mike D'Antoni was like, let's just go in on it. We don't need big guys. We're just going to run and gun the whole game. And you know, they're not doing horrible. To be, I think they out-rebounded the Lakers. The first game they tried it out with P.J. Tucker uh, as center, right after they traded Clint Capella to the Hawks, it uh, it panned out pretty well. They ended up beating the Lakers by 15? I mean, they're... In, they're, in double digits. They're two games out of the two-seed out west. Well, the I mean, Houston that just Rockets. goes I mean, to show and how... I mean, they're one game back of the Clippers, who seem to be a joke all of a sudden. I mean, they lost, they dropped a game to the, the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Like, say what you want about Kawhi being a defensive stopper. He's a drama queen. He seems like he's getting frustrated with his team. I, think, I think the more you see Toronto doing good this year without him, the more you realize that... He didn't have as big an impact as people think he did in Toronto last year. He wasn't. He was a big, a big uh, part of their offense, but well, but just a big part of the team. I mean, I would, I would them, argue that Pascal Siakam had a better, a bigger impact on that Raptors team last year, becoming the most improved player. Oh, of course. You know, he wasn't named the most improved in player. <laughs> sorry, most improved player for nothing. They're what is forty two and sixteen right now, which is just insane. I feel like Kawhi. Go, going back to what you were saying about Kawhi being frustrated, he ultimately put himself in that position, winning a championship in a LeBronless conference against a team that didn't have two of their top three guys. Still, though. Let's be honest. Beating it's it's still the Warriors, even though KD was out and Clay Thompson got hurt in the first couple of games. It's it, they still beat the Warriors. I feel fairly. Sometimes, I mean, that you could say about the Cavs. Oh, they were healthy, but they still lost to the Warriors. Like they. Toronto deserved that championship. I don't, I don't care if, oh, the the Warriors now only have two All Stars, not four. Oh God, that makes it. Well, it does make a huge difference, obviously, on the offense. But those are still two studs. I think. What do you, What are you thinking about this? Uh, this eighth place race. We got Memphis, Portland, oh, and New Orleans. All within three games of each other. I mean, this is—it's heating up. It's a ball on. It's a. It's a. It's a battle for the eighth seed at this point because the seventh seed has Dallas has seven 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 and a half seven and a half games on uh, Memphis. Seven and a half, but ten on Portland. Ten and a half. Sorry, ten and a half on Portland. And I, I, I think I read somewhere that the Memphis Grizzlies have one of the top five hardest schedules remaining as far as their opponent win-loss record. The Blazers have one of the weakest, one of the weaker. And hopefully getting Dame back, you know, this is going to be 
soon, hopefully, that we, we start to see it really heat up. I mean, I love New Orleans. I actually I, – I think it would be awesome if New Orleans makes the playoff as the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. J.J. Reddick's uh, long-running uh, in the playoffs streak continues. Mm-hmm. The shooter. The shooter, baby. <laughs> I mean, can we can – we... Duke legend. Do you, would you think it'd be worth it to put in Nurk just for the eighth seed? If you really want to double down and say we're going to try and make the playoffs, I'd say you put in Nurk. Let's let's see. Let's give him some action. See how he's feeling. Try and really roll with him. But if you realize that you're probably not going to make the playoffs, or that you're not going to like try and like really push for it, then I'd say maybe not the best idea. Fair enough. I'd I'd agree with that. Okay, so shifting gears here, we're a sports talk podcast. We talk about sports. And one aspect of sports that's kind of interesting to me at least that I like to think about is uh, gambling. Oh. Yeah, uh, sports okay. betting. You know, yeah. I think it, there's a huge market for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I read in the, uh, in the last year alone, the state of New Jersey has made $4 billion. Uh-huh. Well, not as as generated $4 billion in wagers, so, like, people have spent $4 million on, like, bets and stuff. Um, this didn't used to be a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of frowned upon. Yeah, but, and it was only really in, in Vegas, in Nevada. But then uh, two years ago, the, uh, the United States lifted its ban on sports wagering. And now we've seen a huge rise in it because you no longer have to go through like offshore accounts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What, what's your opinion on, on sports betting? You ever you ever done any, uh, any gambling on the old sports? Uh, honestly, not really. Other than a friend and I betting on a game with cold hard cash. I've never really had that experience of, uh, you know, betting on like an app or, you know, like even Vegas. I've, I've never really been to Vegas, so I, I've never had that experience. But I feel like that's definitely I'd, – I'd love to try that out because I feel like sometimes I do get games right. I like to test my luck. I feel like that's a big part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Test your luck, play the game. I mean, that's how that's how people win off of it, though. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how the companies win. Yeah. You, know? you sit here and you say, you know, I'm I'm gonna throw down some money. And, the, and I think the beauty of it is, you can bet on anything. I mean, uh, we recently uh, started because we're both from Oregon. We both mm-hmm. live in the Portland area. Oregon yeah. dropped a sports betting app. I think it was in uh, the summer, sometime either June or July. Awesome stuff, electric stuff. <laughs> you can bet on anything from like the casual, like mainstream NFL, MLB, uh, NBA, all the way down to like pool, handball, 
tennis, darts. I seen I seen betting on professional darts. I mean, whew, this is just awesome. Say stuff. anything you could think of. Is spike ball, one of them, because I know spike ball is a big. Uh, thing. I don't think I seen spike ball on there. And then the only sucky thing, um, most places allow you to bet on college stuff, but uh-huh. right now in the state of Oregon, I guess in our society we live in, they haven't quite do- dove into it. Uh, you can't bet on college games currently in the state of Oregon. I think they're probably going to look into changing that because I think a lot of people want to do that. Uh, but damn boomers. I know, I know. But I think that it's definitely something that is going to keep evolving. I heard uh, you can even bet Japanese basketball. Oh, <laughs> Japanese basketball is just the start. You can bet. You on, hear that? You can bet on Turkish basketball, Japanese basketball, Chinese, Chinese basketball. Oh, I'm betting Shanghai Sharks $50 each game because I know Jimmer. He's going to score at least 60. Oh, and that's the beauty of it. It doesn't have to just be game to game. If you don't feel comfortable betting on the teams, I know for a fact that I myself bet on Zion Williamson's debut that he would score over 14 points. Oh. You know he hit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he scored like, what, 20? 22 in his debut. 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the little things. You can bet on so many different things. I know uh, the the world's uh, not the World Series, the the baseball playoffs. You can bet if there's going to be a run scored in the first inning. Oh, you know I'm going for them Astros. Speaking of Astros, did you see that they currently lead the uh, the spring training <laughs> in hit by pitches? <laughs> I wonder why people have been. Th- they don't throw at them like more than once a game. I think. But I think at least I know that they've been they've had uh, I think it was the last time I saw was seven guys have been hit by pitch just this spring so far. Oh yeah, one in the head too. I didn't see one in the head. But if that's true, I mean I don't blame them. They're just taking everything. They're uh, the whole league is pissed. That's the it's the only way they can really take out their frustration. Besides, you know, just. Throwing haymakers, I, f- I think it's well deserved. I mean, I don't, you know, condone violence, but but <laughs> when you're cheating on that level, don't exp. It's like don't hit, don't ex. Like you got to expect being hit when somebody when you hit somebody, and but, you, the Astros hit everyone's heart, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone that's not an Astros fan hates the Astros now. And just, even just, you know, so maybe even some Astros fans, you could say, ones that don't, like, because you feel, they probably feel some sort of void, kind of like, you know, winning a championship, but most of their star players are injured. It's true. It's true. Like that type of void, not saying you know, the other teams. So I, uh, I'm reading online here. Uh, and I don't know when this is, I think this, uh, the statistic as of February 6th, 2020, mm-hmm. there has been $1 trillion worth of revenue generated from sports betting just in the last two years. Damn. That, that's no joke. 
I mean, you you have to see there. I mean, there's a market for it. I love I love the the XFL. Will show you like the lines. So mm-hmm. like, uh, who's favored? What's the over under? I think that that's something that maybe the NFL should look into. Maybe I think all pro leagues should look into having that generated on the broadcasts. And I think furthermore, I think that it'd be an interesting idea to start doing like sports betting in game in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Side note on stadiums. I think something that should be looked into is stadium pricing. Food, drinks, all of it. Ridiculous. For the XFL in spe- no, particular? No, not, or not just... for particular, just around the world. I oh, think, just in all I think it's it's one of the, the travesties of the sports world. Mm-hmm. No outside food or drink, but you can get a beer for $10. I, I mean, remember that's ridiculous. I, I remember I went to a New Orleans Saints game. It was against the Falcons uh, mid-November. They, It was $9 for a beer. And, you know, it's a great environment. You know, you don't really, you know, feel that that loss until after you leave the stadium and you're like, oh, shit. I really just paid $9 for a freaking Bud Light when I could have gotten like a six rack for just the same amount. It's infuriating seeing those prices. And, when you, and then you go to Costco in your hometown and you see you get a hot dog and a drink and all like unlimited, you know, ketchup, mustard, relish, all that good stuff for two fifty, and a slice of pizza that is about the size of like Kawhi Leonard's hands for $2. Big of it. It's <laughs> exactly. It's infuriating seeing that you just got played. And I, I think in a business standpoint, I get it. You know, supply and demand. You know you can't just sneak, you know, a whole cooler in. Like you, do with, like, the, you, like you do with the Little Johns at the yeah. movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, try, I try to get as many. If you guys don't know, I'd be, I'd be sneaking in uh, Jimmy John sandwiches before, uh, before uh, any movie we're going to. We just watched Knives Out like. About a month ago, a month and a half. No, a month ago. It was like about a month ago. I mean, God, I want to talk about prices. Movie, movie theater food costs are ridiculous. They're it's just dumb. What I mean, yeah. I'm, I mean, capitalism, whatever you know. But yeah, you gotta capitalize as a business. And you right? think you don't think about you think more. as a business, you know, like if if states are gonna make betting legal, wouldn't like teams and stadiums want to do like in-game betting mm-hmm. most of the time people lose the house always wins that, that's the saying in betting mm-hmm. True you, that. i think i think it'd be an interesting thing to look in to just because like everyone has a seat in the stadium yeah each seat can have its own type of device that they can use you uh you you just slide a card I think that's the beauty of having credit cards and having like debit cards is it makes it so easy to, yeah. s- to spend money. And I think that, I mean, throw reduce drink prices, you know, mm-hmm. get people a little buzzed, have them feeling a little good. You, boom. 
hit him with the sports betting device. <laughs> that I think I think that'd be a I think be that, an idea. For I think the it'd be a great idea for the future, especially for the XFL. Yeah. I think I think this is how you boost attendance numbers if you're the NFL. Because they always talk about how horrible the attendance is getting and how the attendance in the NFL has been going down slowly. I think this would restore a little bit of attendance back in into the stadiums. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think especially at the XFL as a business just starting out and trying to gain a fan base, last thing you need is for them to be bitching about the prices that they put on their concessions. Speaking of the XFL, it happened, baby. It finally happened. The new kickoff rule is paying off. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so what Josh is talking about, St. Louis Battlehawks kick returner, Joe Powell took back the first. Well, you, you see how it happened, right? It wasn't just a kickoff return. It was a reverse. Reverse, mm-hmm. reverse. Yeah. It was a shove pass. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. No, was... I, I think that the XFL has got something they would like to work with. That's the thing about football is that it, same thing with, you know, soccer. If there's barely any you know, offense, it just gets slow, sluggish, and people want to leave the games. That's the thing about the XFL. It's more of a fa- – it's, you know, faster shorter, tempo. Shorter quarters. Shorter quarters, but it's a faster tempo. And – I think the crazy, you, the crazy part is um, is most games are still hitting the over in points. So it's not like this shorter game is producing less points. I mean, granted, this is like the backups of the backups that would be playing in the NFL, but I think that it's definitely something. I I generally think that the NFL is such an old timey league, big boomer central in the owners' mm-hmm. department, where it's like they love their whole traditional football and yeah. this is what football is supposed to be, rather than the fact that. The XFL is trying to make you look at the fact. It's like uh, it's like when someone's like so strong-headed in their opinion, uh-huh. and, then, and then a younger person comes around and is like, hey, maybe you should just take a look at this. Yeah. It's not a horrible idea, and we'll give you some examples. Yeah, I mean, the f- when, f- when is the boomers going to realize people like the XFL for its different rules, faster pace, in mm-hmm. in the marketability, I mean, yeah, you don't see tight ends now playing like Otto Graham back in you know in the early days of the NFL, like and like the sport is always going to change, like every sport changes every you know few generations. That's just how life is, like. You got. You can't say, "Oh, this is how life is supposed to be." You know, I, I won't take that from an eighty-year-old. Like when they're talking about, you know, how oh, you know, it should be old school, whatever that means. Like I live my life the way 
I want to. You know, a quarter mile at a time. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Dominic Toretto, baby. Live your life a quarter mile at a time. But I think the XFL is extremely fan-oriented while still making it fun for the players. That's what's so fun about the XFL. I think Vince McMahon has done a great job with the reboot. People just, you know, need to give it a chance. And once they add more teams and players settle in, it'll be extremely, like, profitable and just good for, you know, both parties, you know, See, owners, players. Because I think, I think the beauty of it is... Plus, it's much more affordable. They've changed some of the rules. They've made it a little bit more entertaining. It's not like Canadian football where the changes are just so stupid. Yeah, like uh, Canada, so... <laughs> And it's not like arena football either, where it's in this tiny little stadium. Yeah. You don't really get to see the, the, the lovely arms that some of these, these people have, you know? Uh-huh. I think that's the beauty of the XFL. They didn't take the NFL and say, oh, like, we're just going to model it. No, nah, they said, here's they're the like, NFL. that. Here's well, the NFL, and here's what they need to change. They made like, a perfect, a perfect uh, secondary league that – has a bunch of different it's like um it's like the G League. Mm-hmm. The G League has different rules than the NBA. Yeah. And Adam Silver actually implements rules in the G League to see if they'll work in the NBA. And he actually like takes that like uh they they expand upon the clear path rule mm-hmm. where you can't just foul someone going on a fast break even if there's a defender back. Mm-hmm. That was that a rule was... they first used in the G League. And then said, oh, it works in the G League. We're going to take it to the NBA. Yeah. The XFL has made a lot of really good rules that are very entertaining that I think the NFL has to look at and see and say, you know, this this is this is good. This works. People like it. It's great content. I it's agree. Great football. I mean, each league has, you know, a little bit different vibe to it. I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I like the NFL better, but that doesn't make the, uh, the XFL not fun to watch. I think that's a big reason why people like the XFL is it's a vibe, you know? Uh-huh. When you, when you watch an XFL game, you get a different vibe than you're sitting there watching the NFL, and it's like, oh, well, here comes the most average, haven't changed in forever rules. You watch mm-hmm. an XFL game, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm vibing with the coach. You get to see just how frustrated the coaches are. Yeah. And as a fan of that team, like, you feel that second hand. I think, I think that's a big part of why the XFL currently works. People watch it. People like it. I feel that. And uh, for, like, what you're piggybacking on what you're talking about, what – like you've seen all these players like interact with fans and media. Um, what is it? So there was a St. Louis Battlehawks lineman. He traded a XFL football for a, for some Girl Scout cookies. Did you? See, were you able to see that? I uh, I saw that. I also saw um, that was a Casey Sales sale. I also saw that that happened uh, two weeks earlier in the NHL. A kid brought a sign that said, uh, we'll trade box of Thin Mints for a puck. <laughs> and a goalie saw it. And, uh, and during a commercial break, uh, we grabbed a puck, 
toss it over the boards. Hey, there you go. See, I that's mean, that's the other thing about that makes this league so great. And and yeah, let's just hope they just keep that energy. All right. So our last segment today is going to be what's on your mind. Uh, for those who are new to the podcast, what's on your mind is pretty self-explanatory. We just talk about what we've been thinking throughout the week, what's been, you know, kind of bothering us or just something we kind of want to just let out because, you know, that it's healthy. And, uh, you know, these, we try to be transparent and honest as possible. It's, you know, it's kind of more serious. Maybe. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, so, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not. And sometimes we just mess around. Uh, we like to give you an insight on our real personalities, you know? Because yeah. we're more than just, you know, people who talk about sports, you know? There's... This is more than a sports podcast. Yeah. I know, I know like, most of our segments was, but just, just despair with us. So, I'm just going to start off with what's on my mind. Ooh, hit him with it, Fredo. <laughs> hit him with uh, Going at your own pace. It's easy for us to... It's easy for us to kind of look at people who are successful, people who are driving, you know, fancier cars, make more money than us, and that are our age, you know, like, for example, like, John Brandt, going back to sports, he's 19, getting paid seven figures. Granted, he's 6'3", and I have nowhere near the amount of athleticism he does. But people don't take that into account and just see the numbers and not the talent. You know, he's talented at this and I'm talented at that. They just say, oh, he's at this position at this young of an age. And don't. I'm, I'm just going to say, like, don't compare yourself to others. Uh God put us God put us on this earth. Ooh, religion. To, yeah, religion. Ooh. You hear that? Huh? Hey. <laughs> God put us on this earth for something, you know, for a reason. And it it not saying, you know, you shouldn't strive for the best, but don't be unhappy with your position right now. Because if you just block out all the blessings that was given to you, you're it can ruin you. I know it almost ruined me. Snap, snap, yeah, snap, snap, snap. For those snap. who don't know, I can't snap. So you know, I can't. <laughs> oh, you the, can't snap. No, I can't snap. Oh god, <laughs> uh, Josh can't snap. <laughs> so it's it's been a struggle trying to not compare myself to. Well, I mean, for for those people on for those media. people that don't know, you know, frails on the. Eight-year college plan. <laughs> what, what? Well, let's see. Okay, so uh, this is my fifth year. Yeah, fifth year, and which isn't a problem because this is a he, big. This is a big thing, you know. Like everyone mm-hmm. else lives their own different lives, you know. Yeah. Like, some Majority. people, like my my brother, finished college in five years. Yeah. Um, and his wife finished in three. You know, like sometimes. People do things differently, but it doesn't mean that you're any less of a person or any more of a person just because you did something differently. 
exactly. And that shouldn't um, not worry you, but you shouldn't use up any energy just having that go around your head. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I graduated college in April. Yeah, I did so four I, years, right? Yeah, I did, it in, I did it in the traditional four years. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't sit here and think I'm any more of a person than Frail is just because he's still trying to figure out exactly what he wants to do. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of sad. Some people do. Luckily, I have a good friend, a best friend that, you know, doesn't, you know, isn't that type of person. Unlike some people I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it, it's it's good to not compare yourself to others. That's that's just my message. I lo- I love the go at your own pace because yeah. I think I think that's a beautiful thing to. to the, and it's Most not just definitely. A, it's not just it's just like a general life thing, you know. Like mm-hmm. some people love to live their my life like a thousand miles per hour at a time, like doing a whole bunch, trying to keep themselves occupied, just because like you're not doing as much as someone else and like you're living a different lifestyle. It doesn't make you any less of a person or any more of a person either. Like I like to think of it as I'm the driver of my own life. Mm-hmm. I make it for myself. And like, I like to think of uh, my phrase is control the controllables, right? Yeah. What can I personally control myself and what can I not? Because mm-hmm. There's no point in me sitting here trying to control things that I can't control. I can like try to prepare for what potentially could be happening and I could like brainstorm like what is possible, but like I don't sit here and like try and be like a control freak trying to make sure that this happens this way and that happens that way. Like I I also like to um my other phrase is uh I roll with the punches. You know? What is- uh, I consider myself like a scrappy person, mm-hmm. like uh, not in like a like a sense like I'm trying to fight people, but like I myself am trying to like better myself, mm-hmm. and like you know life isn't always easy. Yeah, definitely. So I not. say I I like to think of it as like I roll with the punches. You know, life throws something at me, and it might hit me. Sometimes it might hit me harder than other things, but. I don't try and like sit there and dwell on that. I try to roll with the punches and get ready and try and see what I can do next. Like for example, Steve Carell, like he didn't get his, you know, first, you know, notably, uh, or I mean first like big gig until Evan almighty. And he was 39. Yeah. I mean, we're only what 20, we're only 22. So imagine, you know, uh, people are thinking like, oh, you know, I still don't have an acting gig. I think I think that's something that life tries to bring out of people with like TV yeah. and like like the social media world. Yeah, people often like try to think like, oh, like I got to go a thousand miles per hour. I got to like develop myself. I got to be like this perfect person. I got to finish school quickly. I got to get like on my career right away. Mm-hmm. No, you don't have to. Like, do what you want to do at your own pace that you feel comfortable with. That way you're not stressing yourself out and, you know, really like making your life harder than it has to be. Yeah. So now that we got that out of the way, Josh, it's on your mind. You know, lately I've been thinking how like everything has a vibe, you know, like 
And like, cause like lately I've been just like, kind of like trying to like, uh, take a step back from like what I'm all doing and like, think about like what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing lately. Mm-hmm. I just noticed like, there's just some things that I just vibe with more than others, you know, like I think it's so apparent when we like think about like some of these things. Cause like, like, uh, like I go to work, you know, mm-hmm. I enjoy my, my place of work. Yeah. I vibe there with like the people, you know, but there's been like places in the past where, uh, I worked at, uh, a grocery store called Lope Smart during college hey, for three years. I did not vibe with that place. <laughs> I think every single day I went in, um, I did not enjoy it. I could, I mean, and I, really, I was there when I, I saw you there. Like it didn't look any fun. No. And like, that's the Small thing. Too. Like lately I, I try and like t- kind of take a step back and reflect on like, you know, like what are things in life that like I vibe with that I like doing and that like I want to continue to do. Mm-hmm. And what are things that like, maybe my vibe just hasn't been there. And, like, I'm just not feeling anymore and that I can try and, like, maybe, like, avoid. That way I'm not, like, making my life worse or, like, not necessarily worse, but just, like, something that I can avoid to where I don't, like, have to, like, put myself through things I don't, like, want to be around. I feel that. I feel that, like, you know, it's it's a journey, really. Life is a long journey. Oh, yeah. I still don't know much of my, I only have like few interests, you know, it's, you know, especially this last year, I've kind of grown into liking, you know, walking on trails that really clears my head. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I used to hate like hiking and like nature and all that stuff just cause mm-hmm. like it, it, it didn't you, seem like super exciting to me, but yeah. I think the, the more I've like grown up the more that i like like i lived in the desert for four years oh and now like like, (laughs) walking like trails up here in the northwest and like hiking and like seeing all like the cool greenery and like the views and stuff i think it's really changed my like perspective yeah to the fact that like we're like incredibly blessed with like the different things that we have Mm -hmm. i mean honestly though i kind of hate living here (laughs) <laughs> and like oh i know and i think that's like a personal thing it's like uh like it's i just... don't really love vibing in the northwest like yeah i love the scenery and like There's that's awesome to it but, but like just, the vibe just... here is just not me you know mm-hmm. i think going to school for four years in a different place really taught me that like i can enjoy somewhere else a lot more than because like i come home now mm-hmm. i live here at home I don't really love it, you know? It's not really, like, my vibe. It's not really my place, you know? Yeah. You can kind of sense that, you know? Oh, yeah. I feel you. It's, you know, like you said, it's a journey, and it's it's good. It's good that you went out of your comfort zone to see that, to see, like, what's out there and what you're really interested in. Now you know, like, where you want to be, I mean, kind of. Somewhat. You never you never truly know if you're in the right place until, like, you're in that place, you know? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You never really know if you're in that place. Until you know. <laughs> until you know. Ooh, another thing that's been on my mind lately? Mm. Double standards, man. What do you mean by that? 
I just think that like society, man. Society, man. Society, man. <laughs> like we're in that '70s show. Yeah. Um, I just think that like we focus on double standards way too often. You know, like like I I read something online the other day that said uh, men are four times more likely to commit suicide or be diagnosed with depression than women are. Did I, you know I, that? I knew that we had higher suicide ratings. Mainly because of, you know, just men don't, I'm not like generalizing us, but, mo, you know, some can't find, you know, a coping mechanism or they usually revert to alcohol instead of other healthier practices like therapy or, Ooh. you know, because just genetically, you know, historically we're not known as like emotional you know uh gender yeah I'm, I'm not saying that in a bad way it's just you know really science we we just don't we don't cry as much i we think that i think that's we like don't a really double, show i think emotion. that's like a double standard you know if a woman like shows emotion or like can yeah. talk about their feelings like that's okay but if a man does the same thing people kind of look down on it as like oh like yeah he's emotional and yeah like oh get like people would just be like oh like rub some dirt on it or just i don't like double standards man beer or some like i mean i'm not like sitting here like preaching like oh yeah i treat everyone the exact same equality man but at the same time it's like i definitely try really hard to not like go through those double standards because like i don't like i don't want to be the person that's like sitting there like judging someone based off like their gender or based off like yeah what they identify as you know mm -hmm. like i'm like i'm gonna try and like treat everyone the same and fairly yeah of of course um it's it's tough you know it's tough you know especially when we're younger and yeah boomers Boomers. the boomer going back to the boomers boomers they usually say like oh guys don't cry or like just shut your mouth and, you know, red, like, red foreman, man. Red foreman, yeah. <laughs> just put all your feeling emotional, like just bottle it away. And, but like that buildup of emotion is unhealthy. Yeah, un- unhealthy. And that's the result of, you know, the higher suicide rate in men. So, well, thank you all. For listening to yet another, and this time a little bit shorter episode of uh, Blow the Whistle. Um, if you guys want, you can follow us on Instagram at Blow the Whistle Pod. Mm-hmm. And you can follow me at Frawl underscore, underscore Abraham. That's F R A O L E underscore Abraham at uh, Insta. Is that Twitter too? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't disclose that information. I don't disclose that information. <laughs> it's private. You know, uh, I will say one thing. Frail's likes on, uh, like, if you go uh, to Twitter, they let you look at people's likes. Frail's likes may be some of the funniest stuff that I've ever seen on the internet. Just, uh, just putting that out there. I mean, if you can, if you can track him down, <laughs> <laughs> I'll block all of you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I had to block my like, my uh, my seventh grade teacher. 
Because <laughs> like he, because he lives like a block away from my house, and you know, uh, and uh, my old, my old high school. I mean, my old was it seventh grade. No, 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 no. It was a uh, fourth grade. Sorry, fourth grade. Yeah, bro. <laughs> He's like found like because I I uh, I was in that Myers Leonard video. Oh you know, the thank yeah, you, my, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "What is it?" So my friend, one of my friends, is like, "Hey, uh, Frail, I found you," and then he liked it, and then he requested a follow. I'm like, "Oh God!" Oh, I, no. I, I, oh, I accepted no. it because you know, <laughs> he go show up my doorstep. <laughs> no, <I'm just> playing. <laughs> uh, he, he don't know. Uh, he don't know. He don't know the Frail like that, man. So if you guys do try to follow me, uh, you know that's cool. Uh, just uh, if if I like it, doesn't mean I agree with any of the person's <laughs> view. All right, a little disclosure in case I become a multimillionaire or the next or the African American Jeff Bezos. Ooh. I just want to disclose this information on the podcast as a you know <laughs> a safety mechanism. Exactly as a safety mechanism. Uh, you know, yeah, people be you know. We got them and en- en- them enemies out there. You know what I'm saying? Like people out to get us, man. These podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Big dog stay on the porch. Load of whistle.